Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Self-taught in criminal law and tired of seeing people getting ripped off or burned by the system is ready to talk one-on-one with you. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's who's a better liar. And now the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. Welcome to another... Episode of Street Justice with Larry Levine here on BBM Global. Got a problem on my soundboard. Let me just check with our engineer. Can you hear me okay? Okay, I can gotcha. Hear you okay, you sound perfect to me this week. Really? Okay, you know what? Good some kind of everybody out there. Some kind of fucked up problem on AT and T, but it is what it is. So it's Friday. It's Friday here in Los Angeles. It's about five minutes after four. It's a warm Friday. I'm here actually out in Ventura County. Sid is out by the beach. Sid, what's the weather like yeah. today out there? Out here in Venice Beach, California, it's 72 degrees. There's a very light cloud cover and about a six to eight mile an hour wind coming off the offshore. It's just making everything breezy and cool. It's a good time to kick back with a couple of shots of tequila, your favorite Corona beer, Wash it all down and just wait for the sun to take over and go down over the Pacific Ocean. That's how it is out here in the beach, Larry. Doesn't get you know, any better I, than that. I could see that. I'm out here in Ventura at my survival store. We've had a lot of rocking and rolling here in Southern California with earthquakes starting around. I think it was July 4th was the first two. Is that right, Sid? Or was that the fifth? Uh, was somewhere around there. We had that big 7.1, wasn't it? Well, we had a total of, well, I, we've had probably hundreds or thousands of earthquakes. No, it's been in the thousands. They counted over 4,000 Oh, it 4, is, but we've had four big, four big ones. We had a, uh, a 4.9 at 6.11 this morning. I didn't feel it. But when the ground starts shaking, people seem to show up at my store to hook them up with supplies. <laughs> well, so, hey, one listen, good aftershock and I'm good. Show up, buy a case of water, and get some survival gear. Because you never know when the really big ones are going to hit. A friend of mine was asking me today, well, what do you think? And I said, well, look, 
I said, I'm actually four blocks past the tsunami zone area. And he goes, the what? I go, yeah. That's we right, have the really on PCH. They the got the signs on PCH, the don't they? I'm four blocks past it. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, Sid. We'd, we'd hate to read your obituary that you're washed out at sea. <laughs> hey, do you Although, remember the you know, when you wear when that bandana? That overseas? When you wear that bandana on your head, you do look like a fucking pirate. So, <laughs> do you remember when they had that really big earthquake overseas underwater, and that tsunami washed up on the beach in Thailand? Like I think it was. Two hundred thousand people disappeared in a matter of minutes. You remember that? I remember that. I remember the one in Japan. I've actually seen videos oh, yeah. of of all these, and they're real scary. Really scary. You know, I think the we've one got in Japan was so big that nine months later, a motorcycle, a Harley Davidson motorcycle, washed up on the beaches of Seattle. I don't know how that's possible, but it did. It was in a shipping <laughs> container. I remember that story. No, no. <laughs> I mean, all kinds of shit was showing up on the beaches from Hawaii to Seattle. Oh wait, you mean that <laughs> this was just a bike that just mm-hmm. came out of the water? Yeah, part of, a, part of a Harley-Davidson motorcycle it was like a frame and an engine, some other parts on it with a license plate, and they traced oh, so it they back were, to Japan. Oh, uh, they were able to ID it. That's really some. We've got a uh, somebody on the line with us. I think it's Mark Palmer. Mark, are you still with us? Hey, how's it going? Well, you either need to turn down your phone, talk into your fucking phone, or check and see how your signal is, because you sound like literal shit. Oh, really? Well, good afternoon to you, too, Mark. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Larry? Where, where are you calling let me ask our Let me ask our engineer. Hold on. I don't want to put out fucked up content. There's nothing worse when this hits over to iHeart and goes into podcast. Somebody's listening to Mark's fucked up signal, and they shut it off. So let me ask Sean. Sean, how does he sound? All right, Mark, I okay. want you to call back. They said it could be the line you came in on. Can you call back? Okay. Okay. 866-451-1451 yeah, here on Street Justice. We'll be right back with you. Yeah. Mark is coming back. and So, Mark, hang up now, okay? Okay. Hang up and call back. Hey, Larry, Mark, where's Mark yeah. from? Mark, uh, Mark has something to do He's not a chomo, but he runs some organization that has to do for the rights of children that have been molested. And I know he wants to dive into a subject you and I discussed. So we're going to bring Mark when he calls back in. Hopefully his signal's not fucked up. We're going to jump into the Jeffrey Epstein case. Are you back, Mark? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, don't talk so loud. Just calm down, okay? Give me a five count. (laughs) Mark, count. Yeah, go ahead. Why is he blasting? I don't know. All right. It sounds too fucking high. Can you you can't turn him down on in the studio? Not him specifically. All right, Mark, just talk softly, okay? Because you're overmodulated. Okay. So, Mark, so Mark what do you have for us? 
Well, what I was going to say is uh, when I heard Epstein, I've been talking about him half the day. So why not join in with you guys? Because I'm sure you could probably give some real perspective to something that um, I've never heard of. And maybe you can, Larry, or one of the people there in the studio. Sid may be able to as well. Sid Sid is also alumni. Sid is not a chomo. Sid spent time dealing with the federal criminal judicial system. He's not as up to speed as I am, but he knows about this shit. So, Mark, what is the question? Sure. What do we got? My my question and what I have is um, I just can't get over the deal he got in Florida uh, being a convicted sex offender basically trafficking and involved with a 14-year-old girl and then being able to go to a country club jail where he's able that. to hire well, his I'm own private security. It and well, I'm going to explain. I'm going to in here, Larry. I don't believe Epstein actually went to a country club jail. He didn't. The well, hold I on a minute. The, the thing, before it sounds we, like he went before, to a halfway house. Sid, stop. Before we yeah. get to... Where he did his time or served out his sentence, let's start at the beginning from the point he was arrested and the mechanics okay. of how he got that sentence. All right. Mm-hmm. It originally was a state case, right? Is That's that not how right, Mark? It was supposed to be. It was. It was a state case. The feds came in and they did what's called bigfooting. Do you know what bigfooting is? Two proceeding. Sort of. Sid, have you heard that term in the criminal justice system? No, but I always understood that the feds, because they're the higher law, could always supersede on a case and take it over by jurisdiction. So the feds came in, and remember that this was after uh, 9-11, right? So the feds came in, and Homeland Security... Secret Service, uh, ICE, all those nasty people. They have jurisdiction really over, and the Postal Inspector as well. They have jurisdiction over all this. So the feds come in and they tell the state, we're going to take the case from you. We're going to prosecute this. They're using some type of lame excuse that the state of Florida wasn't going to prosecute or move forward with it. And so they took it and they cut this deal with him, basically dumping shit back on the Florida state attorney general's office saying they weren't going to handle the case properly. He was going to walk away. And they said, this is really the best option. Let us take this. And then they cut that deal. Now the state attorney general in Florida has come out and said that Acosta, who incidentally resigned as labor secretary today, he was the U.S. attorney Mm -hmm. that prosecuted this case. The state of uh, Florida has declared that the U.S. attorney and the Justice Department are full of shit, that that is not what happened, which tells us there was collusion there as far as Acosta grabbing Mm -hmm. it. We all know the relevance of the contacts and ties to Acosta and his family. Right. So there's no question there that it was a fucking sweetheart deal. Now, when he got sentenced, because he pled to a lesser charge, 
It was a stipulated plea. Do you know what a stipulated plea is, Mark? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, basically. They have the authority under 11E1C. I actually know the statute. I'm impressed with myself. I know the statute. (laughs) That is what allows them to Mm -hmm. grab the case and give Mm -hmm. it a stipulated sentence. So they Mm -hmm. did. Now, he was not Mm -hmm. because they changed the charge, because they Mm -hmm. sentenced him to essentially minimum custody. That's what they did because he had no real history. If they, he had prior criminal history as a sex offender, would have been a lot different. It's kind of like now. They're not going to give this cocksucker any bail right now. So anyway, they sentenced him to, I don't know, was it 13 months or something? And right, people- it was, was 13. And uh, the understanding I have is that he was in the Palm Beach County Jail in a private wing. Well, okay, I'm going to bring Sid in on this. He actually okay. was in a community custody center, also known as a halfway house. Sid, explain to everybody how these sentences where people go to these uh, halfway houses work. Talk about what you did in the halfway house, and I'm going to jump in and talk about what I did when I was in the halfway house. Okay, okay. Well, the way a halfway house works, and I don't know if he did his time in a halfway house or some part of a jail where they let him out every day, but basically That's it's a halfway what house. what I understand. Okay, when when you're at the halfway house... Or wait, hold on, back up, stop, pri- stop. Private Let's call it, places. hold on, what? Sid, stop, slow yeah. down. Let's call it that he was in community custody, okay? Okay. doesn't matter if he was in the halfway house, he was able to leave. That should right. satisfy Mark's right. concern is where well, he was. All right, move forward, what you Sid. you were saying, how halfway houses work, or community custody, custody. is you get up at 5 in the morning... You check out at 6 a.m., and then you have, like, two hours of travel time to go to your job. Then you're at the job all day till 5 or 6, and you have another two hours to travel back to the halfway house. However, mm-hmm. you can make arrangements with them where you, where you can say, look, I need extra amount of time at the end of the day because I have to do shopping and errands and this and that. And you can have a late check-in up to 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, you got to be there. It's mandatory because that's when they do a head count. So basically, this guy, six days a week, probably left at 6 in the morning, got back at 10 o'clock at night, got into a bunk, slept or read or whatever, and then got up and left the next day. So and he was probably on a cell phone talking think, to a little girl, probably. Yeah, well, if, if he had all the pull that you think he had, he probably mm-hmm. had his own cell phone. He probably had his own little uh, traveling computer, and he might have had mm-hmm. his own uh, room. You know, I went to uh, I went to a halfway house in uh, Silver Lake, California. Was it at the back of Chavez Ravine where Dodger Stadium is? And I got there to the halfway house. It was a nice story. My third ex-wife picked me up from Boron, which is out at the edge of Death Valley, in a roll in a in a Mercedes Benz. Handed me my Rolex and a cell phone. She had every delicacy in the world in a picnic basket. And, you know, after, you know, the customary, you know, hello, honey, glad you're home, took me to a halfway house and dropped me off after a nice steak lunch. And, you know, I get to this halfway house. They send me down to a cottage. It was just rows of old 
California bungalow cottages. I get to the cottage. There's nobody there. So All that was called sudden, Gateway, wasn't it? Five years. I'm in a, I'm in a little teeny house <laughs> with a with a backyard that looks like a park, <laughs> and nobody's there. And I'm like wandering around, going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Sid, was so, it called you know, Gateways? Does that sound familiar? Can be really sweet deal if you play your cards yeah. right. Sid, does, mm-hmm. was the name of the place Gateways? Does that sound right? Yes, yes, it was Gateways, Larry. They've that is the since back, closed. The they closed a, that. Um, some kind of like a hospital where it was you know, a like psychiatric. No, it was a drug are. addiction hospital. It's attached to. Yeah, that's what it was—an addiction hospital. And they would give you on the cu- on the on the on the weekends. They would give you these coupons, or if you stayed there all day, you didn't go to a job. They gave you coupons, and you could go over there through the through the gate and cross the alley into the hospital grounds. And they had a, a cafeteria. So you could eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. Now, when I was at the halfway house, they had it, they had it mixed. It was co-ed. So there was women in some, some bungalows, men in other bungalows. So a lot of the girls, you could just walk up to and say, hey, look, I need someone to do my laundry and make my bed and take care of some things for me. And they were happy to do it for a couple of bucks a week. So it was like having maid service, free meals. You could leave anytime you wanted. It's not jail. (laughs) So all these reports of jail are really complete bullshit, but that's where the BOP designated him. That place said it was probably cherry-picked. They looked at all the community custody facilities that were available everywhere they basically mm-hmm. said it was like he pulled out the AAA tour guide, well, and Larry, they gave him a list. If you recall, if you recall, you and I were sitting at MDCLA together, and you said, "Oh my God, they're going to sentence me!" And I go, "Don't worry about a thing, Larry. Let's go pick out a place for you." <laughs> and we sat there, we researched, and we I did. Said, well, this is probably the nicest BOP place you can go. I'm sure they did something, but only he wasn't actually going to a jail. He was going to, you know, some kickback even better than a than a uh, club fed uh, camp. I mean, it doesn't well, get any better than that. Unless okay, they just send the you BOP. Home with a, a monster Remember that the BOP is the sole deciding factor. Essentially, the yeah. attorney general's office where you yeah. are designated to. They could have really That's sent right. him home and put him on home confinement, but maybe that would have looked funny. Put some quotation yeah, marks that on that. Yeah, would a little bit too suspicious. Too suspicious. Sending somebody into community custody happens every day. Now, here's something about... I have customers from the past that were popped on uh, child pornography charges. These people get bond. In other words, even though they know you're a chomo and you're looking at pictures... As long as you didn't have any contact with anybody, you didn't cross state lines to meet anybody, they'll let you stay on home confinement. And finally, you get sentenced and you go into custody. You're on home confinement before you go in. You're not in jail. And it doesn't count for anything, really. They don't count it towards custody time. If you've gone into custody, that would count. So when you're on home confinement, it's kind of like dead time. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Hello. But 
But this guy, this guy was more than that. He was touching these girls. Yeah. Well, he was, now, he was when, a lot when people more hold on, when people in go in, was, that brings up something else. Pedophile. These people yeah. are out on the street. They're doing their bond. So they're really not a threat to the community. But the minute they get sentenced, they won't send them to a minimum or an outside place because now they have a public safety factor on them. So until they're actually in custody, they're not a threat. I don't know how that makes sense. We're going to cut to a commercial. We'll be right back here with you on Street Justice. Keep listening. MJ Domit is the owner of Expect to be Empowered, a company whose specialty is empowering people to live their best life by following their heart and accepting themselves unconditionally. After studying and making personal changes, MJ now focuses on giving others tools for self-empowerment. She provides individual and group workshops for people who are physically, emotionally, and spiritually blocked. Inspired by her work at Expect to be Empowered, MJ authored the book Waves of Blue Light, Heal the Heart and Free the Soul with accompanying empowerment cards she is a spirit book of the year gold medal living now book award winner and her book is a number one amazon bestseller in spirituality and was a 2012 gold medal winner recognized as the living now spirit book of the year an inspirational speaker mj will show you how you can repurpose every area of your life your life did not just happen to you you chose it which means you can change it visit www.expecttobeempowered.com or call 866-264-8024 Psychologist, master certified coach, and CEO of the executive and organizational development firm True North Leadership, Dr. Relly Nadler brings his expertise in emotional intelligence to keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. He is the author of Leader's Playbook and Leading with Emotional Intelligence that lays out tips and tools for effective leadership. Dr. Nadler has designed multi day executive boot camps for high achievers in Fortune 500 companies and has coached CEOs, presidents and their staff, and developed and delivered innovative leadership programs for such organizations as Anheuser-Busch, BMW, MCI, EDS, DreamWorks Animation, the U.S. Navy, and Vanguard Health Systems. To learn more and get your free iPhone app highlighting his tools with videos, leadership keys, visit www.truenorthleadership.com today. Larry Levine, self-taught in criminal law and tired of seeing people getting ripped off or burned by the system, is ready to talk one-on-one with you. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's who's a better liar. And now the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. Welcome back to Street Justice with Larry Levine on BBM Global out of Long Island, New York. We've got Sid Blitz, our correspondent in Venice, is with us. Larry Alger, our correspondent up in Seattle, just jumped in. And we have Mark Palmer, who works. And uh, Mark, what exactly do you do? You're like an advocate for molested Child children? Child advocate, and um, I'm getting ready to finish up a book that deals with trafficking, missing kids, and the deep, dark web. Really, I'm getting ready to finish a book, too, called Lies My Lawyer Told Me. All right, Mark, so <laughs> you were with us before the break. What is what is you had another question about his condition of confinement? Right. Basically, it has to do with his probation when it comes to Epstein. And this is something I've never heard of somebody that is a sex offender with what he was convicted of and agreed to. 
On his probation, he was allowed numerous trips on a private corporate jet that he owns to his residence, let's say in Manhattan, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and various other locations. So how could that be, too? Again, it has to do with a lot of questions of this deal. Not really. Not really. Because they watered his no, charge there's no down. question. It's all corruption and inside political crap. Well, it is, mm-hmm. but let's talk about the technical legal specs of what happened. The feds are in with are within their rights to ask for conditions of confinement. So in other words, the judge says as a condition of your confinement while you're out on supervised release. This guy didn't get federal probation because when he got sentenced, it didn't exist. Federal probation does not even exist today. It's federal supervised release. I was on supervised release. Sid was on supervised release. There's very, very few people back from the Reagan era that are in custody that are on federal probation. And the difference is when you're on probation, federal probation, you're still in custody. They own you. Your property of the executive branch slash the DOJ. Now, someone like Sid or I, when we got out, we were on supervised release. We've been released. Now we're under the supervision of the U.S. Office of the Courts. And they use the U.S. Probation Office essentially to supervise you, make sure you're in compliance. The judge can stipulate while you're on supervised release that you're allowed to travel between districts, federal districts. There's 98 of them in the United States. California has four. State like Arizona only has one. Up in Washington, where Larry's at, you've got a western, you've got an eastern district. You've got a U.S. attorney for each one of these districts. So as a condition of your supervised release, you must get permission from the probation officer as far as where you're going how you're getting there. You have to maintain a distance from the public. So them requiring him most likely to travel on a private jet. Think about that, Mark. What would be safer for the public? Him on a private jet or him on a commercial airline around people? You I know see what, what I'm you're saying? saying, Larry, but he can bring in who he wants to to that private jet and do the same thing again. Yeah, well, listen to me. When he's on super, remember, he's not in the fucking work release program anymore, okay? The cocksucker's out on supervised release. He can Mm -hmm. have anybody come to his home he wants. He has to stay, I believe, a thousand feet from schools and parks. There's a certain stipulation that you have to do. But that's right. not improper. I mean, his crime is fucked up. But because Acosta stepped in and they watered the charge down, it changed mm-hmm. the dynamics. And now the judge in his in his authorized capacity can make those stipulations. And that's not unusual. Does that make mm-hmm. sense to you? Well, that's true. You're right on the money there, and I know that. But what I'm saying regarding him and his situation, that to me, from what I understand and read and what's been brought out, was not fully the case with him. Well, you know what? Let's assume that everything you understand is completely wrong and fucked up. Not by your (laughs) own fault. I'm not calling you a fucking moron or anything. As soon as Acosta got involved 
and manipulated the case. Nice one, Larry. Hey, Larry, I got a question. You're not a fucking moron. As soon as Pasta jumped in and manipulated the case, all bets are off because his classification changed. So anything that followed after that, it makes perfect sense. And by hey, right hey, said what these fucking here, judges can do? The guy was flying over to the Virgin Islands because he had a big estate over there, walled in yeah. with security guards. They called it Pedophile Island. What do you think yeah. they were doing there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know who and the real the- culprit here is? The second biggest culprit is uh, Acosta because he allowed this to happen. And of I've course. heard that people are going to try to sue him. Because he caused Mm -hmm. this to happen. They can't because he has what's called qualified immunity. He, in his capacity as a U.S. attorney, you can't sue him when they're investigating Mm -hmm. the case. No, as a U.S. attorney, I believe he has absolute immunity. When they're investigating the case or acting as law enforcement, they only have qualified immunity. You know that this guy got all this stuff because he was a heavy donor. He he probably shelled out some big bucks to the political machinery. So he yeah, had the people Clinton. he paid, you know, and he did some really mm-hmm. dirty, skanky stuff to these young girls. I mean, right. besides the fact of what he did, I mean, he then mm-hmm. went around, he hired, you know, he hired like the best attorneys in the country. You oh, know, yeah. and Ken they Starr's all hired one that I, I find interesting. Well, you yeah. know, I've and got something pulled up right now on the Justice Department and website. They went around and intimidated everybody. Here today, mm-hmm. okay, this is today, this is fresh off the news release from the DOJ. We have uh, a man went to prison more than 18 years for receipt of child pornography. Milan, yeah. Michigan man sentenced to 14 years for child sexual exploitation. Got a school employee in D.C. Just got six years old, six years in the feds transporting child pornography. Let's jump to yesterday. I'm going to pull one more up. Okay, here's one. Braden man, I think that's in Jersey, back east, sentenced to 70 years, 70 years for producing sex abuse videos of a one-year-old child on the dark web. I can go back. Let me see. There's a number here. And I'll give you this website, Mark, uh, off air. Okay. There's been, uh, fuck, I can't even find it. No, it's because I'm sitting in it. All right. Under Project Safe Childhood. That's the Fed's project for busting people. It doesn't matter if it's ICE, FBI, Secret Service, or whoever. Yeah. Because like I said, off air, it's the U.S. attorney that makes the decision. Uh, the individual agents have little authority. There has been 841 people across the U.S. since the beginning of the year that have either been sentenced or indicted for child sexual crimes. They got real time. Yeah. And that goes to show you how it's a costa. I mean, Epstein is the bad guy. But it's Acosta that's a culprit in this entire scandal with him staying out. This is why he had to resign. All right, Mark, it was great having you on the show. I want to have you back on another time. We've cut into Larry Alger's segment. 
Let me bring up one more thing. Yeah. Here's a Tennessee pastor named David Richards. He was found guilty of repeatedly raping his own 14-year-old daughter. When he went to court, the judge, Stephen Sword, nice name for a judge in a, in a case like this, gave him a very light sentence. You know why? He admired the good works that this good Christian man did because he was a pastor in Tennessee. Now, if that don't smack of some kind of horrible bullshit, I hope that judge and this guy both go to hell, roast in the fires, and get stuck in the ass every day by a big old pitchfork. That's some kind of bullshit Amen, right dude. there. Amen. Hey, Sid, how about a pineapple? Remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, how about a pineapple? Yeah, little Nicky. <laughs> I hope you, you get a small one or a big one. I hope this yeah. thing is a big pineapple. I think they kicked that. a pineapple up Adolf Hitler's ass in that movie. I think well, so. you know we Can think of people another... like in jail, don't you, Larry? What's that, Sid? You know we think of people like that when they go to jail, if they get stuck in general pop even for an hour. Yeah, they well, they're done. Beat down or dead. It's true. That's you know, justice. That's real and, justice. Well, if Epstein goes to a real prison, well, he's in a real prison. He's actually up on nine North at MCC Manhattan. <clears throat> so he's in solitary. He's on a bail hold because he's a threat to the community. Hey, it's a good thing that uh, Acosta is not the they U.S. attorney PC. right now. He's a PC right now. He's in the shoe. Yeah, he's in protective yeah. custody. They can't put yeah, him on a floor. Custody. You know, I suspect, I have a theory that this guy's not going to make it out of MCC or out of custody. Do you know why, Mark? Is Mark still yeah, with you us? Know your opinion. They're going to kill this guy. He knows yep, too good. much stuff on too many different people. And That's they're right. going to say that an inmate killed him. Or that he killed himself, it was suicide, or he had some type of medical issue. They cannot allow him out. And then I believe that the FBI or whoever, Homeland probably, you know, when they went in that safe, what do you think they found? You think they found any (laughs) Donald Trump-related paraphernalia? Anybody? (laughs) Said rumors a lot of pictures on a lot of compromising people. Well, there's a major rumor I've heard, and I have to say the word allegedly, supposedly, but on that island there was film. And if they got their hands on the film of certain people, then you know Okay, I believe Trump will end up resigning. You know, that's just the bottom. I believe that the FBI is gonna blackmail the president. They're going to come to him with the information. And they're going to tell him, we're going to let you retire. You're out of here. You need to resign. What do you and think of that a, theory, Mark? I wouldn't be surprised. They hate him. You know the been FBI going on for a long Trump. time, this sort of traffic. Years, a decade. Yeah. Decade. It's like um, a good friend of mine said, you know, a good acquaintance friend. The camp told me what this former CIA director told him. When it comes to trafficking and these things, there's some battles you just can't win. And I, I agree. No, there is no. You know what? That's why a lot of times you got to roll with the program. It's like when I was in custody at the end of my sentence, about two years out, 
I sued the DOJ on behalf of hundreds of inmates. We got illegally moved to Texas. And I mm-hmm. caught the DOJ, and I got hundreds of people transferred. But they, I, I followed the policy. You, I didn't let them beat me down. To see you go. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Sid and I hopscotched around the federal did you, system. Did you guys over talk about the Mossad connection? No, let's hear yeah, that, Larry. The Mossad, Israel, and all that? Yeah. Larry, yeah. talk into yeah. your microphone. You sound fucked up. Me? You do. Hello. Okay, well, no, Epstein. Epstein's money mysteriously appeared, and you know, off of tremendous investment savvy, quote unquote, of a Wall Street. Mm-hmm. But it was it was funneled to him through the, by the Mossad, and he was doing their bidding. Those are the guys that set everybody up, Prince Andrew and the Clinton and everybody else. It was uh, the Mossad for uh, that's just good That's just good business. Sounds like to me. <laughs> well, well you that's know, only Jewish, right? that is a part, but there's also a part that has to do with uh, him going way back into the uh, I think it's the late or mid '90s, and coming forward, he's also connected to a. Uh, our type place that's up in, I think, uh, it's in the Midwest. And then he was speculated, it came out about assaulting a young child there, a young girl. And uh, then there's a party that he was photographed that's come out now where it was just Epstein, Trump, with about 20-some girls. I believe and that. The girls that Mar-a-Lago, picture, if you look the- at... That that's Mar a Lago. They had the Calico yeah. Girl party and they had this guy who was the promoter bring all these girls and the guy got there and he goes, Well, where are all the VIP guests? And Trump said to him basically, We're here and it was just him and Epstein yeah. and the guy goes, Hey, I got my name on this. He says, yep. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you heard the story about why Trump had to, and he finally did throw him out is because he had a father come to him and say, either you handle this or else. Somebody told Trump that about Acosta? No, told that about his daughter because Epstein, um, um, inappropriate from what I understand, and I have to use the word alleged, but it's come out publicly, where the father went to Trump and told Trump that either you get and deal with this or else. Now, what else means, you, I can't say. I wasn't there. It means he's going to fucking whack him. That's what it means. But when did they say this? He was told that this guy did something to his daughter in an inappropriate way. When? Well, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, all these... um, Christian white Bible bangers down in the south southwest, where you know the televangelists or whoever they are, those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. You know, Trump came out three years ago with that Billy Bush uh, video, where he's talking to Billy Bush in in the in the uh, in the van or the bus, and he's saying all these inappropriate things, and they said to some of these people, yeah. "Well, what do you think now?" And they go, "Well." He's a good guy. He's a good man. He's going to do a great job. We're still going to go with him. I mean, at that yeah. point, these people are being a little hypocritical because they're the ones that are always telling the rest of us, you know, about mm-hmm. good Christian values. Okay. And I'm not picking on Christians. I know a lot of good Christians, 
But well, I try to be, they were, but still, they, they were pretty hypocritical. But I would say to any one of these motherfuckers today, how do you feel about leaving your underage teenage daughter in a room with this guy for a few hours unsupervised? What do you think about that? And if they go, oh yeah, I don't have a problem leaving Trump or in in a room with my underage daughter, <laughs> then you know these people are just full of shit. <laughs> Because I guarantee you, well, I would say 99% of them would say, oh, no, I'm not leaving in a room with my daughter. No. Yeah, they're all well, fucking hypocrites. Me, all right, I'll we're going to cut to a commercial break you're, here on Street right Justice. On so we'll because be right back with you, 866-451-1451. Certified professional coach Pamela Reeves can help you with your relationships. Motivational and image coaching are just some of the ways she can help you enhance all aspects of your life. Her book, Is It Love or Merely a Sick Attachment, helps readers clearly distinguish healthy, loving relationships from toxic ones. Ms. Reeves has put her words into action through Ray of Hope Kenya, an international initiative that provides outreach to victims of abusive relationships there with the goal of helping them rebuild their lives and the tools to avoid abuse. Ms. Reeves operates various business interests through her umbrella network, Nella LLC, and credits her success to her diverse work experience. Whatever your goals, whether striking a balance, reinventing your image, or simply lifting your lifestyle, Pamela Reeves will help you achieve them. Your life, your call. Dial 410-902-5715 or email Pamela at pamrego1 at verizon.net. She's also on the web at pamreeves.com and on Twitter at Pamela underscore Reeves. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. Larry Levine, self-taught in criminal law and tired of seeing people getting ripped off or burned by the system, is ready to talk one-on-one with you. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's who's a better liar. And now the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. I can count too. All right. We're back here with you on Street Justice with Larry Levine on BBM Global out of Long Island, New York. We got a shitload of people on. We got Levi Page on, our correspondent in Tennessee. Got Larry Alger down there, up there in Seattle. Sid Blitz in Venice. And Curtis, I don't know if Curtis Green is with us in Salt Lake. Curtis, are you with us? Who the fuck knows? All right. So it's like 15 minutes (laughs) to five here in Los Angeles. Is that you, Curtis? Curtis, is that you? What to teach Curtis how to use his phone? Anyway, we got Larry Alger, we got Levi Page, Sid Blitz, Curtis Green, and this is Levi's segment. 
So, Levi, lots of crazy shit in the news. You know, all this child molestation uh, stories. What do you got for us this week? Yeah, so this is a missing child case out of Florida, out of Satsuma, Florida. It's a town in uh, northwest Florida, about an hour north of Jacksonville. It's a very small rural town. And this missing girl vanished. She was five years old, and her name was Haley Cummings. And what makes this case so infuriating is that this child was surrounded by druggies, people that were on drugs that should not have had children, but they did. And she went missing because her boyfriend, who was 25, her, her father, who was 25 years old, was dating a 17-year-old that was supposed to be in high school, but she wasn't. She was under this 17-year-old's care, and she went missing at in the wee hours of the morning, February 9th, 2009. And it was so astonishing that this 25-year-old man named Ronald Cummings would allow some 17-year-old that he only knew for a couple of months to watch his children knowing that she had a history of partying, of doing drugs, and was a very, you know, unsavory character. Do they she think she did under it? this teenager's care. Well, Levi, do they think she did it? Well, here's what's interesting. She claims that she was asleep at night and that she had Haley uh, in the same room as her. She changed her story multiple times. She said that the child was in bed with her, and then she changed her story and said that she was in a, a bed a couple of feet away, but still in the same room. And she claims that she woke up around three o'clock in the morning and discovered that this child was not in bed asleep. And she called 911 and reported the child missing. And if you listen to this 911 call, it's on YouTube. Just Google Haley Cummings 911 call. Her father, is, uh, the missing child's father, is coming home from work. He works a night shift at a bridge building company and he comes home and he is cussing and he's saying, how could you let my daughter get stole? You dumb bitch. He's screaming at her. Um, the teenager is crying saying she doesn't know what happened to her. And the police immediately doubted her story because there was no sign of forced entry into the home. She had told inconsistent statements, the clothing that she said that this child was wearing to bed were actually in the washing machine and she took a polygraph she took a polygraph and she claims she passed but law enforcement is not saying whether or not she passed or not she has was called the key to the case and what was so astonishing about this case i followed this when it was happening and a month after this child vanishes, this man marries the teenager that was the last person to see his daughter alive that has told inconsistent statements about what happened, whose story makes no sense. He marries what? her a month after his child vanished, marries her. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of months after they get married, they actually get divorced. <laughs> And yeah. it's just a crazy, That's it's just a crazy case. Imagine it's, that, huh? Yes. And 
a year after this child goes missing, law enforcement puts together an undercover drug sting operation, and they arrest both the father and the teenage babysitter slash girlfriend slash ex-wife. And they think, you know, we're going to arrest them on drug trafficking. And they were all facing 15 to 25 years in prison, them and a group of their uh, friends and family members. This is going to put pressure on this group of people that we think is withholding information about this missing child's disappearance. And we're going to squeeze the truth out of them. And what happened was the people involved told so many different stories about what happened that law enforcement 10 years later still has never solved the murder. What happened was Misty Crossland, the babysitter, said that uh, her cousin was visiting from out of state and that he had raped her in the past and that he came over to the house that night and took Haley and disposed of her body in a river and that there was a big search of the river when the search of the river this happened you know about a year after the missing child vanished everybody thought we're finally going to find out what happened to this child well law enforcement then came to the conclusion they actually took her to the river and put her in the back of a squad car with her brother who was also arrested in this drug trafficking sting and they got her on tape admitting that she made the entire thing up. So she's been sitting in prison for the last 10 years and has told so many different stories about well, what happened to this missing child and law enforcement. Has she has been never convicted been able to yet? Levi, have they convicted it or is this an open investigation? They, she was convicted of drug trafficking and she was sentenced to 25 years in prison. And this is the missing child investigation. It's still an open investigation. She's never mm-hmm. been charged and convicted with that. But law enforcement they ever says find the body? in this case, never found no. the body. And this happened in Florida. This is a very rural area, swampy area in North Florida. A lot of people think that whatever happened to this child, that people disposed of her in the river, the St. John's River, and that she was consumed by alligators, and that we'll probably uh, never know what happened to her. Yes, that's what people think, and uh, many people uh, look at the babysitter as having involvement, and a lot of people have actually looked at Haley's father. Her, his name is Ronald Cummings, and he has an <laughs> arrest record a mile long, uh, all having to do with drugs, dealing drugs, buying drugs. And many people thought it was odd that he would marry Misty Crossland a month after his child vanishes, then divorce her, but then continue to hang out with her even after he divorces her. And a lot of people are thinking, why would you, you know, hang around somebody that's not telling the truth about what happened to your missing child? And there was a lot of allegations about him. But he, he abused the child because there were photographs that um, were made public of this child with covered in bruises and marks all over her body. And people close to him said that he was very abusive to the women in his life. Where his is the children. girl's mother? The mother uh, did not have custody. The biological mother did not have custody because she didn't have a job. And 
the court said because this father, because he has a job, that he was granted custody. She saw the children every other weekend. She must and have that's something else. Anyway. Yes, I think yeah, she, she, she had, had to be issues. a scumbag too. For uh, but the I don't think that she, the she's as the bad dad. as the other people involved. <laughs> yeah. She had to be a real scumbag a lot, for them to give the, the kid to the father. Well, a lot, she claims that uh, that the children should have gone to her. She claims that uh, at, at the time she had only been arrested for some minor misdemeanors, nothing to do with drugs or anything, or and there had never been allegations that she was abusive. She says that the only reason that the children were given to the father was because he had full-time employment with benefits. So that was the reason that the judge handed them over. And it's really weird because a lot of people have said that this is an example of child protective services failing another child. We had a Mm -hmm. child that was surrounded by people that did not have the maturity to take care of a child, did not have, nobody's a saint, but do you really think that a five-year-old little girl should be around people that are doing drugs all the time. And it was just astonishing that, that this happened. And 10 years later, there's not been a conclusion in this case, and it's still a mystery. You know, there's one other possibility they brought up that might have happened is where she was sold for drugs. That was one yeah, thing that, they that, them. Yeah. That was looked into because Ronald Cummings, the father of this missing child, had an arrest record of, you know, date rape drug, Oxycontin, Mm -hmm. purchasing, dealing it, and all the charges were always dropped. So there was a rumor, and I haven't confirmed the rumor, but there was a rumor that he was a CI for the police, a Mm -hmm. confidential informant, and that he might have pissed some people off and that, you know, they did this for retaliation. You think the yeah. cops? Oh, okay, gotcha. Somebody yeah. that he burned and ratted on went out and whacked the kid. Yeah. Yes, so that's, that, that would mean would the, the girlfriend you know, is just really an my idiot. My opinion, my opinion from following this, I've been following this case for 10 years. You know, there have been cases where a child has ingested drugs and the parent are not even home when it happens. They're left with babysitters, but they get into their children, they get into their parents' illegal drug stash and ingest them and die. And those parents have been charged with murder. And I'm thinking that the reason that this father married this teenager that he left his children and his care with is because he wanted to keep her quiet about everything that was going on in that house, the drugs, the party, Mm -hmm. uh, the Mm -hmm. unsavory characters that were around. And I know that the babysitter and his girlfriend and him, the father, exchanged a ton of telephone communication with each Mm -hmm. other the night that the child vanished. And I'm wondering if something happened to this child and the father knew about it. And that's why he married her and continued to associate with her even though law enforcement said she's withholding the answer that could crack this case yeah that's true and he was sentenced to 15 years in prison Uh, he's still in prison Uh, his girlfriend is still in prison and they still have not been able to crack this case and 
hopefully one day that they'll they'll tell what happened to this child. Maybe they'll tell it to a, a prisoner, and that prisoner will rat them out to law enforcement because this is still an open investigation 10 years later mm-hmm. they're still looking into Levi here's case. the here's the flaw in your your hopes you hope that they're going to tell one inmate's going to tell another right <laughs> about what really happened if you're in yeah. a prison and you're a child molester child killer child whatever and you tell so someone much. else what you did, they're not going to run to the cops, the guards, to the authorities. They're going to kill the person. Rightfully so, I might add. So while that would be nice if that happened, that's not practical. Isn't that right? Well, here's, here's my thinking. I don't think that this child was molested. I think she was probably physically abused by her father. And obviously should not have been in that situation, but I think that this probably had something to do with drugs. I know that um, Mm -hmm. the teenager had just been out on a drug binge before she watched the child and did not want to watch her that night. And she tried to get out of it, but couldn't. So I'm thinking that this was give her some drugs, let her sleep and that she overdosed and died. Maybe uh, the drugs caused her to, you know, vomit or urinate. And that's why her, clothes was in the washing machine and that the, that the body was disposed of instead of calling law enforcement and and telling them what happened and that this is a big cover-up for that and if that's the case maybe maybe the main people that were involved are not going to say what happened but maybe someone else that's sitting in prison that was close to these people because they busted you know cousins and brothers of these main suspects as well and they're also in prison on this drug trafficking charge maybe they will maybe they will but i believe if they already had that information they would have used that to get a lesser sentence and they would have used that testimony to come up to the dads i don't know that that's a good point as well and that's what makes this case so frustrating to people that have followed it all of these years because we thought, you know, within a year of all of these people being arrested and sentenced to 15 and 25 years, respectively, that one of them was going to crack and say what happened. But that never occurred. May never occur. Maybe. No, it won't. And, and this happened 10 years ago. Um, the father, Ronald Cummings, was sentenced to 15 years. So in about five years, he'll be released at, from prison and in about 10 years the babysitter that was sentenced to 25 years will be released from prison. So maybe they said, you know what? We would rather stay in prison on these drug trafficking charges than go to prison for, you know, the rest of our lives for, you know, murder. I I don't think there's a statute of limitations on murder. Is there, Sid? There is none. They just, they just got a 84 year old lady down in Texas. 84 yeah. years, 84 years old, she murdered her husband 34 years ago in Texas, shot him dead and, and told the police that it was an intruder. And somewhere along the line after that, her 13-year-old daughter come, turned up murdered. But they didn't have enough yes. evidence at that time either. But they just finally 
I don't know how they cracked the case. She was on that uh, program where they investigate cold cases. Right. And mm-hmm. something came to light, and they just went down and arrested her. You know, after wow. all this time for murdering her husband. Breakdown. All right. Well, we're going to cut to a commercial. It's 5 o'clock here in L.A., 8 o'clock on the East Coast. We'll be right back here with you on Street Justice. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 B.C. when the Sumerians invented the first written language, and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 B.C. to the time that men began achieving political power around 3000 B.C. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net. Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. Larry Levine, self-taught in criminal law and tired of seeing people getting ripped off or burned by the system, is ready to talk one-on-one with you. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's who's a better liar. And now the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. We're back on Street Justice on BBM Global and Pirate Radio out of Long Island, New York. It's just after 5 o'clock in Los Angeles on a warm evening, Friday evening. I'm joined by our correspondent in Salt Lake City, Curtis Green, crypto crime, cryptocurrency, everything crypto and digital. Sid Blitz is with us from Venice. Levi Page in Tennessee just left. And we've got Larry Alger up in Seattle. Thanks for yes, sticking with us, Larry. guys. <laughs> so, Curtis, uh, lots yeah. going on in the crypto world right now. Tell us the Trump uh, well, crypto shit. Okay. Well, what happened was I I didn't know what was going on. It was was it yesterday or the day before? It was it was right around that time frame. Um, but all of a sudden, Bitcoin just dropped by thirteen percent. It just went, went boom when all I'm like. So I started Googling what, because something must have happened. I mean, it just doesn't drop like that. And sure enough, Trump 
few two minutes before said, I am against Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not backed by anything. And what he really was saying is he is against Libra. Libra is the cryptocurrency that Facebook is coming out with. And Facebook slash Libra has, is not a cryptocurrency. It's a centralized unit. What, they, what they're afraid of is this Libra taking over the world's currency system. That's what all these the, mm-hmm. the, the, the people from England, Germany, uh, they're they're scared, they are scared shitless because of this. Because they, you can see their plans, Larry. It is it, if it if it comes to fruition, and I I would say they probably have a forty percent shot of making it through. Because remember, Bitcoin. The reason why Bitcoin's not is is not centralized is nobody can come into anybody's home and stop bitcoin well the government could go into the doors of of uh facebook and shut them down and it, 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 that's the diff- that's the big difference between bitcoin and, and libra it, it's, libra is centralized so but if they get it going you can kiss paypal goodbye people will be using it'll be back but, but here's a good thing if libra does take off it will lower our interest rates because part of Facebook's plan to back their Libra is to buy um, USA bonds. And so when bonds are bought, that lowers our interest rate. But the problem is, at the beginning, it might be good. But after everybody's just trading Libra, nobody's trading at the dollar or the euro that everybody fought. It could be. <laughs> the so government can shut down the money supply. Came out as, it, against it. He came out and he said he's not a fan, and it wasn't regulated, and he and he bitch slapped uh, your bitcoins, and then he went after talking about Libra. You're right. Yeah, and Bitcoin and Libra are they? Everybody is. They think they're the same, but they're not. They are totally. They can't be. Libra is more closer to a dollar than cryptocurrency. It's, it's back by Okay, the, there's a difference, um, Curtis. Let me give it so our listeners can visualize. Libra is a digital currency where Bitcoin is, and it's created. You're not mining it. Where Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ether, several other coins, those particular coins have to be mined also. Now, if you look at Ripple, also known as XRP, it's always in the news. That is also a digital currency. So Libra is more in line with uh, XRP. Is that right, Curtis? Um, well, yeah, I, I would say so. But, but, but with, since Facebook is the fourth largest company in the world by market cap, if they grab hold of this, they will, they will basically – the Libra will be the things that we – will be using uber's already partnered with them visa and mastercard is already partnered with them pretty well, soon we're going to be we're going to have our app on our phones and we're going to send the uber driver a libra rather than the u.s dollar or even our user debit card or credit card so when you look at the bottom line of what libra could do i can see why they're scared it will it, at, at first it would help the u.s dollar and help the euro and help all but in these poorer countries like in Ethiopia, or what's that country that that you can have a trillion dollar uh, dollar bill or whatever? 
their their value is going to be worthless. But here where it's going to help. It's going to help the 1.2 billion people in the world that do not have a bank account. All they have to do is have an app on their phone to to send this link. And and so and that's what Bitcoin was trying to do, but Bitcoin became more of a a digital gold and the value people, you know, it, it, that, that's kind of, that's, it, it kind of took on a life of its own, but to, but, but if it wasn't for Bitcoin, we wouldn't have Libra because they're still using the ledger system and how they keep track of things. But here's, here's the other thing that Facebook is going to use it for. They are going to use it for data collection. They will be able to tell everything that you buy, everything oh, wow. that you do, Every little piece of action that you do, that's what they're, that's the main, that's one of the main reasons they're doing it for. They say they're not going to release that information, but who cares? As long as they know what's going on, it's, it's kind of like Google, how they know everything that we're doing. Facebook is going to know all your spending habits. They're going to know what you're buying. They won't release it to the public, maybe, but they're going to know. And they're going to, and they say they won't release it to third party people or sell it or all, but it doesn't matter. It's it. They are going to know. Like the U.S. government, when we spend dollars, they they only know what we have in our bank accounts. They don't know when we spend cash. But this gives Facebook huge amounts of power. And and it, and when you look at it, they will have more power than any government when it comes to to, to currency if they succeed. So what would prevent Walmart from coming Trump up with their own off. money? <laughs> Walmart dollars. You could buy everything you need at Walmart, sort of. Well, I thought that well, was that, Amazon. That's the thing. We'll, we'll see. Here's, here's the other Wall thing. Bug. You know how Bitcoin, you know how Bitcoin goes up and down in value. I mean, it goes up ten percent, goes down fifteen percent in literally minutes. With the yeah. Libra, uh, one Libra is worth one dollar or whatever. However, they're going to do it, and it will always be worth one dollar. How they're going to profit from it is there's 28 companies. They had to spend at least each one of them had to spend $10 million to be part of this Libra corporation that's out of Switzerland. And these 28 companies get to share in the profit of the interest that all the money that we put in um, generate. So uh, Uber is one of them. Visa and MasterCard are one of them. Um, uh, venture capitalists, two or three venture capitalist companies have are a part of this group. Um, so they are going to and and what and here's the other part. There's out with Facebook out of 90 million um, things that are sold on Facebook, only seven or eight million stores are active. And if they can start selling if they can start upping that sell rate, Facebook is going to make a killing. And so it's, it's all about Facebook. If it, if it works out, I mean, the consumer, heck, you know, personally, I, I don't know if I would use it or not, but uh, I can, I can see where college students, they can put, they can easily put, throw on a few Libra because you know, it's not going to go up or, up or down in value. 10 Libra are going to be worth $10. Today, tomorrow, next week, it's not going to go up or down. That's what that's the that's what the beauty of it. I think it, they're just creating their own money coin. and mirroring it on the dollar. That's What's it. That? Do you know that Ecuador does not have its own money and they use the U.S. dollar, or they did? 
because they knew their money was shit? Uh, yeah. Well, just like when 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 Trump said nothing was the the Bitcoin wasn't backed by anything. What backs the U.S. dollar? We gave up the gold value. Well, a promise. Look on a dollar bill in your pocket. Seventy-one. Nixon took us off the gold standard. Yeah, the gold standard. So there's nothing backing the dollar. So the dollar is a promissory note. It says, "I promise to pay." That's all it is. Well, they're not the U.S. dollars and IOU notes. They're backed by the will of the people of the United States. And the Libra and the and the Libra coin will actually be backed by gold, silver, other debts of other nations. So when you go in to one of these places that can will trade your Libra coins for dollars, they will give it. They will give it to you because it's backed by something. And so I can see why these governments. And, and I, I saw a show, um, a YouTube show about uh, England is talking about. It. I guess. They're having a big summit. In, in fact, Facebook's uh, financial uh, bigwig is supposed to be in front of the Senate committee because of this this next week. Because uh, it, uh, it it's scaring the shit out of them. I mean it. I mean it. They could really disrupt the the uh, the way we we use money if they win. That's why a lot of economists are coming out and saying. It's not going to happen. It, it will. It, the government will shut it down it, somehow. It, it'll destabilize the currencies of the country, of the world. And it's exactly. Guys, why did they kill Gaddafi? You know why they killed Gaddafi? Because he was going to have the gold back to Nar to trade uh, African oil. Can't trade. Right, yeah, that, I, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I remember something about that. Yeah, and the I know this is kind of off topic. 146 tons of gold disappeared. Remember when they, when we first tried to kill Qaddafi back in 1986? Yes. I I was in Gibraltar in the southern coast of Spain, and it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep, and I was out by the coast walking on the beach, and I heard F-16s flying at about 200 feet. That's what it seemed like. I'm sure they were higher. And there was a bunch of them. And it blew me to the ground. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I find out that we bombed Qaddafi and killed his wife or something. I'm like, those are the jets flying. <laughs> That's, I saw them. <laughs> Where were you at, Curtis? But, uh, I was in um, Gibraltar in southern Spain. It's, uh, the, uh, the, the U.S., even though they have bases in Spain, Spain wouldn't let the U.S. take off to go uh, use it as a, in a military strike. So they left from England and had to fly all the way around through the Strait of Gibraltar. And that's right where I lived. It was right, literally, literally right on the Strait of Gibraltar. And uh, right, like, wow. I could see Africa. Didn't and, yeah, they bomb an embassy I, by mistake was also? Wasn't an embassy bombed anyway. in that bombing run by mistake, and they actually killed his daughter? Yeah, they killed the they 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 they, they actually dropped bombs. And it was on the French embassy they dropped the bomb on. It was France, not Spain. I remember this. I was operating back then, doing things. It, well, yeah. the, 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 when these planes went through, they, they went to wherever Qaddafi's country was. 
it went was, to Libya. They Libya, wanted to they fly that, across the med. They wanted to fly across the med. They wanted to fly through France. And French but, and but France said no. And and so they had to fly all the way around with get re, they had to get refueled. And I mean, it, I mean, it, it was, it's ridiculous. Do you know how many bases the United States said there's Rota? Um, man, that was, when I was, when I lived in Spain, that was the funnest time. You know, they let us, they let us, even though I was in the military, they let us on because, you know, they, they just liked us Mormon missionaries, I guess. But they have like three or four major Air Force bases in Spain. And, but no, we had to, we had to go all the way from England <laughs> and bypass everything, but we still did what we were going to do. It didn't stop them, stop us. That's the uh, long arm of the U.S. military. Oh, I know. Yeah, they, they're they're freaking everywhere. But but yeah, it look was, at uh, look at the firepower well, an aircraft carrier projects. In the world. U.S. bases that they admit to. That's oh crazy. yeah, I'm sure there's more than. Yeah, I'm sure there's more than that. That's for that's for yeah. damn sure. But uh, yeah, but anyway, back you know back to back back to cryptocurrency. There, the 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 government knew obviously they they knew about cryptocurrency. It, it got to their attention in 2011, I think. That's when the head developer of Bitcoin went and actually gave a talk to the CIA. Don't ask mm-hmm. me what that dumbass was doing talking to the CIA about Bitcoin. Uh, everybody, everybody in the crypto community thought that was the stupidest move you could actually you could ever make. What but makes you did. think it was the CIA and not the NSA? Well, I don't know. All we know is from what his name was Gavin Anderson at the time. Well, he's still Gavin Anderson, but he was head of the project. And, and that's when Satoshi Nakamoto went underground. The second, <laughs> the guy, the, the guy that was basically in charge went and told the CIA, yeah, this is how Bitcoin works. This is how, you know, this is awesome, isn't it? That, you know, that I'm makes like, a lot that, of sense, Curtis. That really does. Now that I think about that, that's why the guys disappeared and went under either that or they killed him. Yeah. One of the well, two. Well, I've, I've been told that the NSA absolutely knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is, without a, without a doubt. So, oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they were and, monitoring and they were his computing power when he was mining the first Bitcoin. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Well, see, back then, they, they, weren't, they weren't on his radar. He just, no, hardly anybody knew about it. It wasn't until... Uh, our famous website that it started to raise Silk Road came on. It started to Bitcoin got on the government's radar before Silk Road. I don't think they even knew about it. They didn't, they didn't give a shit about it. It was not, it was a, wasn't even a thought, but once they, once they saw that, Oh my gosh, people are using it and we can't track it. Oh, what do we do? And, well, they can and track it. They just don't know who it went to. They know where it went. Yeah, oh, they know yeah. where it went. They Bitcoin just can't track it to a particular anonymous. person. That's, that's one thing everybody... Far from anonymous. And That's the beauty of so, the blockchain ledger. It keeps a record. And you can't change it. 
it's, it will always, you can look back and see it, your transaction. I looked at transactions that I made 10 years ago just for shits and giggles. It, it is pretty fun to look at it and see where my Bitcoin <laughs> travel to. Yeah, you could see how much Bitcoin you used to have, Curtis, and then do the math in your oh, head. Don't, Maybe don't you should like drink before you do that. Hey, we're going to cut to a commercial here on Street Justice, and we'll be right back with you. Thanks for listening. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Larry Levine, self-taught in criminal law and tired of seeing people getting ripped off or burned by the system, is ready to talk one-on-one with you. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's who's a better liar. And now the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. We're back here on Street Justice with Larry Levine on BBM Global. It's almost 5.30 and here in Los Angeles, 8.30 on the East Coast. We've got Curtis Green with us, the cryptocurrency guy in Salt Lake. Sid Blitz is with us from Venice. Larry Alger up there in Seattle. If you want to know, like, I have no, uh, why I have, like, up way up there in fucking Washington State. I kind of have, like, a demented character. And I was just telling the uh, my correspondents during the break that I had a – Prison psychiatrists give me a clinical opinion that I was having too good of time in custody and I treated prison like it was my own personal adult amusement park because I did the best I could. I amused myself. They didn't know that that's how you treat life in the world. (laughs) Well, maybe to a certain degree, but I've got to be more serious now. I I wasn't serious in prison. It's like people... They can't believe my age. I got to show people my ID all the time just so they see how old I really am. 
They go, you don't look that old. And I use the explanation that prison preserved me because it was a stress-free environment. And I didn't age. And they go, what do you mean a stress-free environment? And I go, well, you know, for me, it was. People handle custody differently. I was helping out so many people with so many different issues in there. I had my own power base. That's kind of why I was in 11 different institutions because the administration would just move me, send him here, send him there. One time they gave me a, uh, a Greyhound bus ticket. They released me in Safford, Arizona, said, just leave, just go. Take yourself to California. Wouldn't let me stay. <laughs> So I'm out of custody for 24 hours. I'm wearing sweats, taking the fucking Greyhound bus. And if you've ever taken the Greyhound bus at least once, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's not a pleasant experience. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It beyond sucks. Hey, it, you know what? It was interesting. Greyhound buses. <laughs> it was interesting the first time. But after that, yeah. you dreaded it. And then another institution I was at... Uh, I was at Lompoc. Lompoc was even more hurry to get rid of me because they tried to fuck me over. And I brought in eight U.S. senators, five congressmen, the FBI and internal affairs. And I told the BOP, you violated my rights. It's documented. You did it under color of authority. Oh, here's where you are in the sentencing guidelines, motherfuckers. They were in such a hurry to get rid of me. They released me and gave me a plane ticket. Go, just eat. Just take yourself to Nellis. And I did. And uh, they gave me cash to, like, transfer. And I ate breakfast in uh, Lompoc. I knew I had, I had breakfast in the morning. I flew over to Vegas. I took, like, one was a commuter airline. The other one, they took me to LAX there to Vegas. Now, when I got to Vegas, I had to catch a taxi to the prison. But I had all this cash, and I knew I'd have to turn it in. So what I did is I bought a postage stamp and an envelope, and I went to the slot machines in the airport, and I dropped about $150 on the BOP's dime. And I'm thinking, fuck, if I win, I'll just send the money home. So I caught a taxi outside, and when I got to the gate, I showed my BOP ID, and I just said, I'm reporting in, and they waved me in. When I was in the military, I was stationed at Nellis. I knew the protocol there. I get to the prison. It's around just before 4 o'clock count time, and I go to where I'm supposed to go, and I tell the taxi driver, just wait here. I said, I'm not quite sure where everybody is. So he waited for me, and I'm walking into these buildings, like yelling, trying to attract some dumbass's attention. Someone has to be there, and finally somebody says – Comes out of an office, some CEO at Nellis says, who are you? I go, well, I'm Levine. I'm reporting in. And he goes, what are you doing here? I said, I told you I'm reporting in. He goes, well, how did you get here? And I pointed to the taxi outside. I said, I took a taxi like I'm supposed to. I'm thinking this cocksucker is some kind of fucking moron. You know, another prize winner working for the BOP. So... He says, you were supposed to wait at the gate, and then we would come and call you, and they would call us, and we would come and pick you up. So I could just imagine they're making people wait out in the fucking desert in the heat for an hour or so. 
waiting. So I told the guy, well, I'm already here. And he's telling me he could put me in the hole for reporting. I go, I'm already here. The taxi is here. I'll tell you what. Do you want me to go back to the gate so you can come and pick me up? And he like gets belligerent with me. And he waves the taxi off. And he says to me, do you have any money left? And I gave the taxi driver every penny. Now, I had a couple pennies left. And I said, here, here's a nice tip for you. I did this before I got out of the cab. So when this BOP asshole asked me for my money that I had, I pulled a couple pennies out of my pocket. And I said, here you go, pal. Keep the fucking change. Which further infuriated them. And then I had the pleasure. About an hour later of going into into the dining hall, after a two-year hiatus, and I ran into my good friend, Sid Blitz, and here he is today. <laughs> That's true. You, you remember that night it's, I just showed up around a new world? Yes, I remember the night you showed up. <laughs> I knew a shitload of people at Nellis from different prisons. It was kind of funny. It's like, Larry, what are you doing here? I go, what do you think I'm doing here? <laughs> but it was home. a big social you, experience. Sid, <laughs> Sid worked in the uh, in the I think it was the officer NCO club on the Air uh, Force the N- NCO non commission club. This 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 prison was a minimum prison. There were people in there smoking weed, snorting coke, playing video games, bringing in hookers, shooting up heroin right here in the prison. It was all hey, don't open. you remember that on, on Friday afternoon you could order whatever you wanted to drink in alcohol? You placed oh, your yeah, the order. Oh, yeah, bottles. Would and then Friday night they it. would deliver to you. You want Jack Daniels, you want Jim Beam, <laughs> you want Stolish Kanaya Vodka, whatever you want. If you have to do time, <laughs> this is the way to do time. It was. And um, hey, I was there when it the, closed. The I left is, sitting the thing is, is is they give me a job working at the NCO club, which is the officer's non-commission. And it's a bar restaurant (laughs) banquet. And I would go there after the four o'clock count. So I would work basically from about five o'clock to midnight on the base, serving alcohol and serving food and, you know, basically tending bar. So when I'd get over there, I'd had a cell phone. So I'd call my nephew up and he goes, how, how are you calling me from a cell phone? I says, well, they gave me a job. He goes, what do you do? I said, I work at a bar. <laughs> he goes, what the fuck? He says, how is a guy like you working at a bar in jail? I said, well, that's the job they gave me. But the best part of it was, is this, since we're telling stories, is they had a barber shop. So my first, my first duty was is every day, before I'd even fix dinner, because we could fix our own meals there, is I'd go to the barber shop, and it was run by all Korean girls. And I'd go in there, and I'd go, hey, I'm here to help clean up. And they go, okay, you help clean up. So I'm sweeping and cleaning up. And, and the one mama-san would say, you like cheesecake? I said, oh, I love cheesecake. She'd go, oh, here, here, have cheesecake. She has cheesecake for me every day. <laughs> then another one would say, oh, you need beard trim and hair. I go, yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. (laughs) They'd be trimming my hair, beard. And then one of them would go, look, I know hair. (laughs) 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 They had no hair on their body. I mean, this is great, right? I'm thinking, 
how good is prison when you can have this job? This, then the, the mama son says to me, she goes, what your name? I go, my name? And she goes, yeah, your name. What your name? I go, my name is Sid. And she goes, Shid? I go, no, not shit. Sid. She goes, shit. I go, no, no, Sid. She goes, yes, yes, shit. I go, no. She goes, okay, what's your last name? I go, my last name is Blitz. She goes, Bricks? I go, no, not Bricks. Shit, Bricks. Blitz. Anyhow, later that evening, they were ha- they had some kind of an emergency. I don't know what it was. We were already over in the bar. The Korean lady comes running over to where we work, and she's yelling, where's shit bricks? Where's shit bricks? <laughs> Only you, Sid. Only you. Only me. Shit bricks. Where's the shit bricks? <laughs> it was, Nellis was a plum spot. As far as prisons now, go. Nellis, what, the only better prison and, and that they had than Nellis was uh, Boron, but they had already shut Boron down because Boron had a pool. <laughs> yeah, well, so you know tell them about the demographics the of the inmates. I, this is, like, amazing. Well, this, this is worth the price well, of admission. Listen to this. Sid, tell us about who the inmates at Boron were. Where, who worked? Who were the Boron? Who were the inmates at Boron? What were the genders? What was the makeup of the inmate population? Oh, I think there was about a couple hundred of us at the time, and some guys went over to uh, China Air Base or the Naval Base. That's Other where the earthquakes just the happened, right crew. up there. Said, what was the, the place that had the men had and the women together? The, I mean, in Boron, and where we were at. Well, the men and the women were together at Boron, weren't they? No, no, no. That that was Dublin. That was Dublin up in uh, Northern California. That was in 1990, I think. Right around 90, Dublin, which was a it was a co-ed prison. It was about three quarters women and about a quarter men, or you know maybe it was two thirds, one third. And at that time, there was men dormitories and women dormitories. But when the but when the men would show up, the women because there was three to one, they had already picked out a walker for you. You were already assigned a girl, whether you liked it or not. <laughs> so you would go in the chow hall, and and the women would go get your meal for you, and you'd always have one or two of them at all times, and they'd get your meal for you. They'd sit with you and they would talk with you, and then you were assigned to one of them to go walk the track with and keep her company. And and then the, the women would look out. You know, they had spots all over the prison, secret little spots. And they had Velcro sweatpants. So one would always be funny. The guys actually cried when they had to leave Dublin and get sent to Lompoc. <laughs> they cried. There was more divorces and more pregnant inmates. That was the biggest problem at Dublin. It's too many of the girls were coming up pregnant. And too many wives were coming up there getting in fights with their husbands. <laughs> but, but for a guy to go to a situation like that in prison, come on. <laughs> you didn't have to do your laundry. You didn't have to cook. <laughs> All you had to do was just be. <laughs> and who said prison has to be a bad experience, you know? 
person is what you make it. That's an exceptional situation. There's no question about it. Two things rank right up there in the all-time archive of our lives, and that is women and dogs. (laughs) Sid, you remember when we were in Safford, Arizona, we took a psychology class. And, Sid, you gave an analogy about cocaine. Do you remember that? What's that? You gave an analogy. The the teacher was trying to teach something about uh, Pavlov's law with the dogs that everybody (laughs) has needs. And you were explaining it to people who didn't get it. You were using the cocaine theory for horse. (laughs) You go ahead, Sid. You say it. Do you remember? The cocaine theory? The first one's always free. No, Sid came up with a cocaine theory, suck dick, get coke. That's what he told the teacher. That That's too. how that works. Because That's the how I got are needy. And I thought this guy was like he was going to fly out of his fucking chair when you said that. And then some moron sitting behind us said, oh, can you explain that? And Sid goes, all right, here, let me explain it to you. And the teacher caught like all fucking pissed. No, no, don't you explain that to him. Sid was going to explain how you gave a woman cocaine and she gave you a blowjob. And this guy was a Mormon, Curtis. I think the reason any American boy gets into the drug business is for one thing. It's an access door to women, you know, to be crude pussy, you know? So if he had drugs, when you were younger, you always had girlfriends. I mean, and then they came out with cocaine. And cocaine was the magic river of white powder. I mean, it was an insanity drug. There's a, I don't ever remember in all the years that I sold cocaine, anybody that was, you know, crazy, pulled out a gun and shot anybody. You know, the only one I know that shot himself, and I don't think it was cocaine, was Carol Connor's kid. He was about 36 or 38 years old, son of Carol Connors, who was a, an established actor in Hollywood TV. You remember all in the family. That kid used to buy cocaine from a guy in, in Brentwood. One day he goes home and he puts a 38 in his mouth and blows his brain out. Ooh. Now, I don't know if you can blame the drugs on that or what kind of childhood or what kind of, you know, uh, parenting he had or, you know, things with his dad. Who knows? But. Man, uh, other than that, you know, mostly people just partied on it. They'd say, they said cocaine was God's way of telling you you're making way too much money. Too much money. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. I wouldn't even yeah, know nowadays where to <clears throat> obtain cocaine. I remember back in the day I was able to get a kilo for about maybe nine five. Does that sound right, Sid, or is that a little high? That sounds really too cheap. Um, really? I guess I was close to the source. In the, in the mid-70s, in the mid-70s, there was no big flood of cocaine. It was strictly a Hollywood, very elitist, very expensive drug. And kilos cost you between forty to 44000 And if you got in five kilos at a time back then, you were like a kingpin. When Bush Sr. went down to Southeast Florida to become the first drug czar, all of a sudden... There was a tidal wave, a tsunami of cocaine washed up in Miami. And the prices mm-hmm. of kilos dropped to about 10.5 in Miami. 
But every time somebody traded one or handled one, there was $1,000 put on. So usually after about three or four transactions, those kilos, even if you were in a major spot like L.A. or Miami, they were trading at 12.5 to 14.5. When I was able to get them for 9.5. New York City, when they went to New York, to New York City, they were at 28.5. If they made it all the way up to Canada, Vancouver, they were thirty-six to thirty-eight thousand. So it depends on your location to where the motherships were. You know what I'm saying? I got you. And he said we're going to cut to a commercial. The chain there, we're cutting to a commercial, guys. You've got to fucking okay. listen when the engineer talks. We'll be right back here with you on Street Justice. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside, yeah, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well, be aware, be magical. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folkstyle Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBC. BBM Global Network. Larry Levine, self-taught in criminal law and tired of seeing people getting ripped off or burned by the system, is ready to talk one-on-one with you. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's who's a better liar. And now the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. Welcome back to Street Justice with Larry Levine. We are live. We've got Terry Cook on with us from Findlay, Ohio. Terry, welcome back to the show. What do you got? Well, our topic for this evening is Big Brother has arrived in your town. But before we go to the topic of this evening, I just want to rattle this off. Uh, This is uh, just common knowledge stuff. But uh, here it is. Top Underground Internet Radio, Larry Levine Production, delivers truth the way Americans should be and the solutions to make it. Or have us, our future generations, 
living in a hell on earth. So bad, the families will eagerly take their children to the nearest FEMA camp. Three years ago, we had no plans to make things right. Now, a completely different trip. Yes, the Americans are taking a trip to gather up at least 200 million citizens, veterans, bikers, peaceniks, environmentalists, and all that believe Jesus Christ told his apostles, sell your clothes to buy swords. Our ladies' soccer team just showed what we can do. Work as a team. Know where you're headed to. Our strategies on going green. Put 50 million in our nation to work. And we will score goal after goal. Why? Because our backs are against the wall. The whole <clears throat> world is watching. And we know we will win. Thank you, beautiful, superior gender in most ways, showing us the way. BoldBraveMedia.com Street Justice on 9 to 7 to 9. The Top Cat Plan Foundation Economy, Citizens Committee for a Restructured Government. Go American Veterans Assemblage. Go Justice News Network. Tulsi Gabbard, our next president, Bernie Sanders, vice president. So, our topic for this evening, Big Brother has arrived in your town, actually stuck on the back of your house. Uh, electric smart meter, mm-hmm, comes free. It's one of those free stuff things, yeah. Taxpayer paid to produce it, and engineer it, produce it, and install it. The electric power companies, well, hey, they're kind of doing okay because they no longer have to pay their uh, fleet of uh, meter readers to go around. So I was one of the fortunate ones that got a call to say, hey, we're coming to your town, and we're going to be uh, putting that smart meter on your house. Need not be there. <clears throat> so, yeah. They give me a phone number to call. I said, hey, uh, no thanks. They said, okay. So I uh, am the only one on my street that has the old meter. And once you have that smart meter, you call and say, hey, you know what? I've heard it's kind of bad, bad for your health, kind of brings on illnesses and stuff. Can I get something else? Can I get my old meter back? Says, nope, not going to happen. Old meters don't come back. Terry, uh, but we will give you an AMR. All AMR. that is, Terry. So anyway, all yes. that is is a self. It's like a, it's a transponder yeah, essentially. It's like a cell phone mounted on the side of the wall outside. It's not super high power. I don't know if that device is dangerous to your health. A cell phone up against your ear. Is ten times as dangerous as something mounted on the wall outside. Really? Where did you hear it was harmful? Oh, dude, dude. Uh, G five resonates at different. This frequencies. is not G five. This is not G five, Larry. This is just a self like a uh, something the power company puts on to read your meter electronically. Oh, meters. Okay, yeah, yeah, but this, it's not G5. It's just like a cell 900, phone. 900 megahertz. Okay? It's got a cell phone and integrated in it. And that's not real high frequency either. 
900 megahertz. That isn't high frequency at all. <clears throat> Not harmful. It's Curtis, are you still with us? Curtis, did you Curtis leave? Curtis is a ham radio operator. He can tell us exactly. But when you get into the gigahertz, like 7 gigahertz, 8 gigahertz, whatever the frequency 5G is, that's the yeah. kind of uh, frequency spectrum. But maybe uh, maybe Terry's right. Maybe something new they're using is super harmful. It's possible. It, it absolutely is, Larry. And I've seen a lot of research on this. Um, there is a doctor up in uh, Seattle, as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, who has a number of documented cases where his clients, after smart meter installation, had developed all kinds of palsies, um, Alzheimer-type uh, symptoms. And now the smart meters are evil shit, buddy. They really are. They are evil. Uh, the American... Uh, <clears throat> The Empire of Wealth and Greed, American Medical Association, and the good buddies you sleep with, big pharmaceuticals, well, they're going to be uh, doing quite well to uh, sell sleeping pills. They're not going to sleep for shit. You're going to feel like you're on the rag all the time. Yeah, it brings on Alzheimer's, diabetes, Parkinson's disease. It zaps your immune system. And I'll tell you right now, anybody that uh, has got uh, cable TV, turn your router off at night and um, but there's another thing that the power company is kind of up to here <clears throat> they've developed a way of developing uh, bringing to you dirty electricity yeah uh, so if you can buy this little device which I think we're going to be having uh, available to our listeners it will clean your energy, clean your electricity. So now your electric bill is down one-third of what it used to be because everything's running so good. And what's that device so, called? You know what? I don't um, know about that one, Terry. All righty. We'll come back next week on what it's called, how it works, okay? But another thing we're going to be selling is uh, the guard to uh, see... Sitting in your house with a smart meter uh, is one thing. Sitting out on the patio where there's nothing between that and you, uh, that's something else. You're getting zapped. And uh, so, um, oh, another little uh, little thing. Uh, I was talking about the big brother has arrived. Okay. They can tell all the humans that are in your house what room they are. They can listen to everything and record what you say. So how that is this? Big Brother has arrived. How, how can they do they can, this? They can record what we're saying? Yeah. All right. And Fuck Terry, you. what are they using <laughs> to do this? Pardon me? What are they using I mean, to do this? Jesus Christ, anything smart, anything smart, like your refrigerator, your your TV, your car. So you believe your, everything is, you believe everything is tapped everything yeah. that NSA uh, has hacked every device in your home. Yeah. I suppose if it's, it's possible smart, if it's smart. You know, yeah. What I right. suggest all listeners or tell anybody, you know, to do at night, 
unless you're expecting a call. I would take the battery out of my phone if your phone still allows you to do that. Because they can activate those phones, turn on the microphone. You don't even know it. Feds have the capability. So and the, and the cameras. Yeah, they can turn on the cameras too. It's a two-way thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll leave my phone. I've got a picture of a big turd in a toilet. I found yeah. in a magazine, and I cut it out and. I've got it hung on a little wall, and I have my cell phone. It's on, but I don't have it. Uh, I'm not, like, using it. I have more than one phone. And I leave the camera and the phone pointed towards that image on the wall. So if anybody hacks in and, like, tries to turn it on and look, all they're going to see is a piece of crap sitting in a toilet. <laughs> and and I, I have to interject here, and I know this is absolute <laughs> fact, Larry Levine has a cell phone that he uses in the shower. He's picked it up and he's taking my call. What are you doing? Oh, I'm taking a shower and I can hear the water running. Amazing. I do that because well, I never, never, you guys never, are, I never, you guys are bringing me down and scaring the Jesus out on the of me. Phone. I'm going to have to I have keep, a shot of tequila on this. I think you should. I think you should have two shots of tequila. I think I we're going to have just say a double and eat an sure. edible and, and chill out. But, hey, I just want to say, yeah, I think the American women's soccer team is fucking fantastic. You go, girls. You go. And, and, and I, think, I think Americans in general and the, and the younger generation coming up is going to be a very strong force for change. We have some young people in there. They got ideas. They know what the fuck's going on. They're not buying this old antiquated bullshit that the Trumpies are putting out, that the Pelosi's are putting out, that the fucking uh, Graham is putting out, and that other jerk-off Mitch McConnell's putting out. Okay? We need to sweep Congress and the Senate clean of these old fucks. No more old fucks. We need young, strong progressive people that can see the future because the future belongs to them. We're going to be dead 10 years, 20 for sure. We're dead. We got to give over the mantle to the young people. Let them carry the torch. Our generation, we brought about social change. Everything changed from the fifties to the late sixties. Our whole generation changed the culture, changed the norms, changed the ideas, brought about the end of Vietnam War. Hey, it's time to let this new group of people carry the ball, run it across the gold. Let them make the touchdowns. Get rid of these old fuckers. Hey, they're the ones you know, that are going to have to keep their way out said, of old she, Hey, you know what Pelosi said? She said, oh, I'm getting around to looking at the marijuana laws. Getting around to it? You lady, you come from a state of 40 million fucking Americans that 10 years brought about change. 10 years ago, we forced change on marijuana. What, you're just now discovering that you're going to get around to looking at it? Fuck you, you old douchebag. Hey, this McConnell, he's just hired his, his brother-in-law to run another, Amer- uh, another agency. His wife is in league with the Chinese. I mean... Aren't you fed up with this shit? 
Our president sat down with the Russians and cooked an election? I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm fed up with it. I'm done with these old fuckers. I don't want remember to the fucking thing they got to say about him. Remember when they asked the Justice Network is all about, Sid. Thank you. OJNN.com. Remember when they asked... They asked Hillary, hey, Hillary, in 2016, hey, are you, are, are you going to ever legalize uh, marijuana? Hell no. It's I don't like her either. a drug. <laughs> well, guess hey, what? I Sugar. never liked her either. I liked Bill, but I didn't like her. <laughs> you know, if Bill Clinton could run today, he would win. Because the people like Bill, remember that nobody died over Mr. Bill's blowjob. Like they did in uh, Bush's <laughs> war. Hey, that whole blowjob was a cooked up thing. What girl do you know keeps the dress with the semen on it for a year in the closet? I don't know a girl like that. Not even the worst tramp in the world does shit like that. <laughs> that is a bit suspicious, well, we'll talk I must about add. Other time. Uh, Glenn spent $17 billion a year to go take the helicopters and fly them around looking for the devil weed. We could have done a lot better. Uh, hey, that Bill's video. brother, Roger, got busted with five kilos of cocaine in Arkansas, where they used to fly all the shit into in the transport planes. All right. Well, <laughs> all right, we've had guys, a good episode. We'll I want to thank all my correspondents throughout the country and remind everyone that we will be back with you next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 a.m. Eastern on the Street Justice Show with Larry Levine on BBM Global and Pirate Radio out of Long Island, New York. So have a safe weekend and stay out of trouble. We'll catch you next Friday. Tune in next week for more straight-up, no-holds-barred talk from the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. been listening to the bbm global network the ideas views and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas views and opinions of the bbm global network company Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.